Captain's Log, September 14th, 2016, with Chris Campbell at the <laughs> at the local uh, Kava Bar in Berkeley. Called? Uh, what is this place called? I forgot the name of the know. place. We'll figure that out. Otherwise, yeah. Um, I have been traveling with Chris here for the past. How long have we been traveling together now? A little over two weeks. A little over two weeks, yeah. including Burning Man. Yeah. So yeah, so we went to we went that to Burning counts. Man. That counts. And then found the magic school bus out of Burning Man. Yep. Hung out with people. With call it. And yeah. <laughs> and took the uh, we took the slow route. Yeah. Through Tahoe and Nevada City and other spots, ultimately back to the Bay. Six different. Where cities. we are today. Was it six different cities? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, Tahoe City, South Lake Tahoe. Um, So, to introduce who you are, um, that's your title, you're the managing editor? Managing editor of Laissez Faire today. Cool. Um, When what's badass, uh, I think, about what you're doing is you kind of, uh, well, you you can do what I'm doing now, just travel around and work from wherever. Yeah. Um, You've been working uh, this whole time we've been traveling, as have I, actually. You know, we both, like, skip away and go to cafes and whatnot. Um, but yes, you've been posting content like every day, basically. Yeah, Published six days a week. Mm. Yeah. LFB.org, shameless plug. Plug away, man. Um, and in fact, uh, you recently this week put out uh, a couple pieces where I was mentioned too. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who like the bullshit I spit on this podcast might be interested in reading some of the bullshit I spit in an interview Absolutely. that you did there. We talked about uh, the drug war. We talked about we were at we did Kratom a couple um, a few days ago, few days ago. In, in Nevada City mm. at a place called Elixart. Highly recommended. Yeah, Kratom, which is now a Schedule One substance, or will soon to be Schedule One substance yeah. by the DEA, which is what got us on the subject of cognitive liberty and all this stuff. Yeah. So the article with his interview is called Cognitive Liberty, Psychedelics, and the Drug War. And then we can link to it on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, now, so more about like you though, I mean, you were, you were also living in Baltimore, where we met. For four years, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you came out to one of the seminars with Michael Wood, who's a with law enforcement against prohibition. Yeah. He spoke a couple months ago at a seminar I was hosting. Um, and nowadays you're you're a professional nomad at this point. Yeah. No base whatsoever. Yeah. Which is always a fun space to be in. Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, it takes a while to get acclimated to it. The uncertainty of like not knowing where you're gonna sleep in three days. Right. I still don't technically know where I'm sleeping tonight. I need to like put out some calls yeah. to some friends. You seem better at it than than I am. Actually. <laughs> I have I had a lot of experience improvising. Yeah. Not so much in the states though. You know, and I did this kind of travel in India and Asia. This is really probably one of the first times to this extent I've been traveling this open within the states. Right. Yeah. Me too. Basically. Did a little travel last year after Burning Man, but that was a little bit more structured and scheduled than this time. Um, yeah. It's fun. Uh, yeah, it's well, that, totally fun. For me, it was the intention behind Burning Man this year is to get into that flow state again. Yeah. Just flow with what happens. And it definitely happens, yeah. as we saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and we're going to be traveling together for a bit. Yeah, we're going to be at Symbiosis next mm. week. 
September 22nd through the 25th, right? Yeah. And then we're going to Prague to the Beyond Psychedelics Conference. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we jo both just booked plane tickets to Prague. So we are officially going to Prague in like two weeks. Yeah. Um, which will be cool. Um, we've got quite, quite the travels ahead. Uh, it's been fun, man. Um, what was... So this was your first burn. Yeah. What was it like for you? Um, everything. All <laughs> rolled into one. I had every single emotion. Um, experienced... Yeah, a lifetime in a week. It felt like. Yeah, there's something about it though that just creates synchronicity and right. and the chaos in it creates like sort of magic. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's something we've talked about that I was like struggling with this year a little bit. Uh, was like, do I trust it? <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. weird how much how synchronous it gets. Yeah. Um, you know? It really didn't touch off until we left, though, for me. Mm, yeah, it, it, it skyrocketed, I feel yeah. like, once we left. Yeah, it definitely did. Well, I know for me, like, at Burning Man, and, you know, so this is my third year going to Burning Man, and this time I had a much more scheduled burn than I've ever had. You know, I had psychedelic stories yeah, I was hosting a couple nights, working, yeah. working at Zendo for yeah. psychedelic harm reduction, you know, basically kind of trip-sitting couple nights so I had a very highly scheduled burn and I think it was in the post burn that at least on my for me I was able to be more open and loose um, but you experienced that also that it's been more flowy since yeah after the burn yeah for sure well maybe we're, we're kind of hanging out together so we probably vibe off yeah like, yeah what's going on um, yeah it's been a ride, man. Um, I mean, that school bus was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Paul, Pat, Mercedes, Haley. Yeah. Delphina. Shoutouts. Zuzu, Ra Ra. Ra Ra, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this. Yeah, if you're listening, um, we love you. <laughs> yeah. And we had an awesome time. Yeah, we had, it was just a cast of characters on this school bus. Um, just kind of traveling along at a leisurely rate. Um, yeah, it was, that was, was kind of like for me, it, I had had that like kind of dream of the dude that something like that. Yeah. Like, travel yeah. around on a bus. Right. You mentioned that. Um, lo and behold, we didn't know how we were leaving Burning Man. Yeah. But like as it goes, like you were saying, with like this magical flow state, um, we were trying to find a ride, and of course the perfect thing appears. Yeah. And there's a school bus that a can take us around. A short bus with a mustache. With a mustache. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Out of the uncertainty. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, obviously a lot of the focus lately has been on psychedelics too. Right. Way more because I'm hanging out with you, obviously. Yeah, that. I, I <laughs> feel like me. people hang out with me. They tend to. There seems to be a lot of psychedelic conversation or or partaking. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, even before we left, I was writing about it because I sent yeah. you that article, Psychedelics and the War on Drugs. Right, right. And well, you found the events at the Psychedelic Seminar Series in Baltimore. Yeah. What, what got you there in the first place? It was Wood. When Michael Wood. Michael Wood. Oh, he like tweeted or something? Uh, I just found the event. Oh, Yeah, cool. I don't know how. I, I'm always on the lookout for right. stuff. Right, right. 
So what got you interested in this stuff? Um, got me interested in psychedelics specifically. Sure, psychedelics, war on drugs. I um, think the war on drugs came first. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I smoked weed, but um, I've only done psychedelics a handful of times, and and I do see the value in them, obviously, and I'm not a fan of big pharma. I think what they do is gross, mm. and and yeah, <coughs> cognitive liberty. I have the yeah. the right to do as I wish with my mind, right. my consciousness, and my will. And so does everybody else. Yeah. So like, kind of, I the the libertarian, uh, you know philosophy and all the stuff you're working on there bring you into the kind of um, the war on drugs yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's one of the big, it should be a hot issue for every libertarian. You would think so, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it is. I think a lot of libertarians are really passionate about right. the drug war and what it's done because it extends further than drugs. It allows for the government to strip away people's rights for any reason. If they, if they smell the neighbor smoking pot and they just run into your house because you think, they think it's coming from there and shoot your dog, then there's, you're not gonna, there's no retribution because right. they're like, oh, sorry, we thought somebody was doing something illegal in there. Right. And civil asset forfeiture. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Where the government can, um, and I, I, it was, I was shocked when I found out this was actually true. The government can actually take your money um, without actually finding you guilty of any yeah. criminal charges. Yeah, not even You charges. have to actually prove, uh, in a civil case, you have to prove that you weren't. Yeah, uh, the burden was, is on you. The, yeah, the burden is you to prove that this wasn't drug money. Yeah. Um, which is absurd because, you know, supposedly you are not to be deprived of life, liberty, or property without right. due process of law. Exactly. Yet, somehow, the war on drugs ignores that. That's um, a, you know, it's actually ignore the Constitution there. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, yeah, you would, and you would think. Um, I know you were saying you were concerned that some of your readers might be like, it might be too uh, fringe maybe for them talking about this stuff. Well, but, I don't know. That's yeah, the thing. it shouldn't like, be, right? No, it shouldn't be. A, a libertarian philosophy should be, hey, government, get out of my way. Yeah, exactly. So um, if that doesn't apply to your your mind and your right to use drugs, then what does it apply to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The freedom of thought has a lot to do with it. Yeah. If you can't freely think, and if you can't freely change your consciousness voluntarily, then what freedom do you have, really? Right. And it's fucked. You covered, you know, you wrote a piece about the Kratom. When we had their Kratom experience yeah. of the day, you wrote about it um, on your site. And you pointed out something really interesting, which was that there are sort of synthetic... Um, synthetic versions of the ingredients of Kratom that have been patented. Yeah. So what this means when you really take a high level, so the DEA making Kratom illegal means that, okay, the thing that you can grow, you're not allowed, no one is allowed to grow this thing anymore, but if you want access to this, uh, this thing, this medicine, you have to buy it, and there's only this certain person who has the complete monopoly and control over buying it, yeah. and you are being forced, if you... Nope, can't grow it yourself. You have to buy it through this channel and this yeah. channel only. 
and that epitomizes in a lot of ways a lot of the drug war if you really break it down is you know so you can't grow poppies you have to buy you have to go to the doctor to get your prescription for your oxycodone right. um, you can't um, grow your own weed yeah. um, and it goes beyond drugs too it's um, like the latest EpiPen controversy where they raise the price they jack the price up and they're the only ones supplying this it's uh, mostly because the FDA has regulated everyone else out of existence and created a monopoly on something that saves lives. What is this? The EpiPen. What's the EpiPen? It's a. It's so when people get severe allergic reactions, they they have one on them, and they take it, and it's like uh, I don't know exactly, but it it stops the allergic reaction. This was made illegal. No, they just uh, the the. The people who make the EpiPen, uh-huh. they jacked up the price, and it's oh. the only one that people can get. Oh, they have a and, patent on it? Yeah, yeah, but mm. they, the FDA has blocked out all of the competition to it, so it's, it ties in with Kratom. And this is yeah. something that's recent, too, because, yeah, when you create a monopoly, it, it lowers access. Right. You, the more regulations you have on something, the harder it is for people to compete in that right. space. Right. So, yeah, and it's just the nature of government. Right. The antitrust laws in the 1900s were created for the steel industry and oil industries to block out competition, and those were the original regulations. Right. You know? Yeah, no, it's just, it's been subverted. Well, it started out corrupt. Oh. Those were the original anti-competitive laws. What was the purpose of it originally? To, to block out competition. Oh yeah. The space. Cause oh, I thought you were talking about like the breaking up the the, the different trusts and whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean that was that that's what they did. I thought it was like to create competition. That's oh. yeah. Was the word on the street, but. Oh, so it was, it was presented that way. Yeah, it was funded by it all. It was of presented the, the as like a hey, we're breaking yeah. this up, but it that it was just like actually. Was, that was subverted though. Yeah. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah, it's kind of fucked, man. And like, oh, and this is what bothers me too. When, you know, when you talk about people say, "Let's regulate marijuana like alcohol," and that's like this nice respectability politics phrase yeah. people love talking about now. Let's regulate marijuana like alcohol, and it sounds nice, but yeah. it's like fuck that. Um, alcohol is regulated like shit. Yeah. You, know, you can't sell it on Sundays in places, and like you have to have thousands of dollars to have a license to do this. Yeah. The yeah. artificial barriers to entry to the business, like you know, no. To me, it's and there's a lot of in symposia we've started putting pieces out about this, and it's been coming up in other like the Baltimore Sun as well, where like the licensing processes are just kind of not even equal, obviously, totally. right? Because yeah. you have to be of a certain class. Usually a certain color, certain uh, income levels to even be able to enter into the marijuana industry, and so it's like marijuana being quote unquote legalized um, in many cases is actually creating this two-tiered system, um, backdoor criminalization, and so some people can sell it. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. It's like you, the, as long as there's somebody with the exclusive right to do this, the system's fucked, and as long as there are communities that are still being stomped on, it's still fucked. As long as you can't grow your own weed, bullshit. Right, yeah, totally. (laughs) Legalization does not mean decriminalization. Right. There's a distinction. I'm a fan of decrim. Yeah. I really, I don't know if I'm a fan of legalization, quote unquote. It It opens it up for regulation. Yeah, regulations that box people out. Yeah. And and then people who aren't 
oh, following these certain requirements of how it's quote unquote supposed to be done, oh, you can still go in a cage. well, like if you're still putting people in cages for growing the plants, you've missed the whole point of the human rights issue that is the the problem of the war on drugs in the first place. yeah, exactly. the problem isn't that middle class people don't have access to drugs the problem is that people are being put in cages for drugs. yeah yeah, there's there will be all kinds of unintended consequences it'll destroy what um, some areas of town that's their only economy is is drugs some, yeah. sometimes and and also it'll make them turn to worse drugs like the K2 and the Flocka mm. that they can get for a dollar on the street and they can only they all the weed is primo so it's they're priced out so they're gonna be eating people's faces off <laughs> you know I I, I yeah, of course, yeah, that, that, well, that story was bath salts or something, someone yeah. bath salts that ate someone's face. You know, I don't, I don't like... Who I knows like, if that was actually bath salts? Well, who knows? I, I think that's a funny thing you see in the drug reform circles, too, is um, you see, um, you know, it's, people will still repeat the same sort of uh, patterns from the drug war, like the stigmatized bath salts, or say, yeah. in the same way that MDMA was stigmatized, you know, like totally. years ago. Totally, yeah. So it's shy, uh, I, 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 I know you were like joking around and whatnot. Um, well, these synthetic yeah. drugs I mean, are no joke, though. Sure. They're, they're terrible. I think there needs to be, yeah, well, certainly we need to be proceeding with caution with everything. Yeah. I'm just very hesitant to, um, you know, I don't want to stigmatize uh, any particular substance the well, same I way Well, I think that... some drugs should be stigmatized. Do you? Crocodile, that should be stigmatized. Yeah. And the only reason people do it is because they can't afford heroin. And the only reason people smoke Flocka is because they're on probation and they have a drug test and it doesn't show up. These are very, these aren't good, these are drugs that people make in like dirty, broken down trailers in the middle of Arizona. Sure. Just, just spraying shit on plant matter and yeah. selling it. Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of it's context. Yeah. I, I'm open to the idea that any of these substances could have a beneficial use, maybe I should say. If used in a certain context that's Crocodile, no. <laughs> no. No. It uh, rots your flesh. Uh, that sounds not it's fun. You haven't heard of it? No, it's maybe terrible. I terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You, so it's big in Russia, and it's just all of these chemicals that they throw together. And it makes you feel like you're on heroin, apparently. But wherever you shoot it in, it, it is, it's inevitable that that flesh will start rotting away. People <coughs> just still do it. And it's the whole negative consequence thing. It's an impulse despite negative consequences. They'll mm. take it that far. And like yeah. you said, a negative consequence for doing something, for having an impulse despite negative consequences is not the right yeah, yeah, that was at a conference. Yeah, so that her, the de- a definition of addiction as yeah, compulsive behavior despite negative consequences. Yeah, and uh, right. which which is an argument against using punishment to stop addiction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're addicted, you so in addition to doing it despite jail. Yeah, uh, despite, your you do it despite your flesh rotting. Right. Um, that's um, that's intense. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Let's keep our flesh if we can. Um, yeah, so... Um, what else do you want to talk about, man? Um, so, what do we got going on? 
san francisco we've got a whole lineup i don't know yeah when this is going out yeah i don't know either um but yeah this saturday i'll be hosting yeah. psychedelic stories here in san francisco or we're in berkeley now but uh san francisco so also i should say um both you and i are looking for writers actually yeah so we're looking for talent and you can contact us yeah uh you can con my email um mike I guess this is a, I have a symposia one. I'll get my walking either Mike at symposia.com or Mike at wtepodcast.com. They'll both get to me. Okay. Whatever you yeah. prefer. And what's yours? And mine is ccampbell at agorafinancial.com. Campbell is Camp Bell. Camp Bell, like the soup at agorafinancial.com. Yeah, and if you have like listened this far in the conversation and you uh, are interested in this stuff, then um, and you want to write about it, hit us up, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you if you're listening, you probably are interested. I'm guessing. Yeah. In these topics. Yeah, we have opportunities in laissez-faire letter and uh, for laissez-faire today, which is what I write, or obviously yeah, and symposia. symposia and. Um, for folks who didn't hear about Symposia already in the previous episodes, as my company, um, we do a psychedelic magazine uh, and events like the one this Saturday. Um, it's Symposia spelled with a P, P-S-Y-M-P-O-S-I-A.com. And you can see some of the content we have out there. Uh, you know, we're looking for writers that are uh, passionate about either psychedelic, like psychedelic science, psychoactive experiences, war on drugs. Um, you've got, if you've got a perspective to share or a story, uh, you want to hear it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very good. I think this has been a good, good chat. All right. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's that is, this is my first podcast. Is it? Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You're no longer I a made virgin. It through. Yeah. Well, that, that's the KavaCast. At the KavaCast, yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning into the KavaCast, and may the Force be with you. Peace.